0: Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. All right, everybody! Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of BS or I almost I almost did it again I almost said BS commentary by the way DJ you need to unmute your mic I'm you muted. <laughs> I sent you a message in the private chat and you didn't get it but anyway welcome to a new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries I am your host Mike and right here into this box in that box there we go is my uh 70s porn star uh mustached co-host dj and dj what's going on man what's going on how you doing today uh not too bad not too bad uh just pre i went to the mall today pre-ordered uh pga tour 2k 23 very excited about that and here in a couple weeks i'm gonna actually finally get an xbox so you know i i don't know i was i was very i was wondering whether whether to get it either on ps5 or xbox series x but i just decided i had to go with the xbox because i want to play some halo and of course as we all know halo and xbox those two mix so well together
1: (laughs) yeah but um, i i'm still rolling with the xbox one s i haven't gotten the xbox x yet um i started playing call of duty like two years ago now so i've been that's mainly what i play and then i got mlb to show um i haven't gotten the new madden yet i have i've heard mixed reviews on it so just
0: please don't get madden for god's sakes. madden is such yeah. a it, it, it's a tiresome old game it is such a tiresome old game nothing changes nothing changes oh, in that and yeah. that's stupid uh so quick question man do you have the mariners game on right now
1: i do right in front of me on my uh, i actually have it on my gaming uh monitor
0: okay um do you know a good streaming service to watch it on because i went to stream east that's normally where i go to watch it and i can't find
1: it so i got t-mobile so i get to watch the mlb network uh Oh right
0: well there goes that well i guess i'll just have to use the game day app but other than that you know what before we get on to the Mariners we need to talk about this and of course wow what a horrible week for the Seahawks that was an absolute terrible game that the Seahawks played this past week against the 49ers a really disgusting 27 to tw- 27 to 7 loss Um not gonna lie, you know, I didn't expect that. I was not expecting the Seahawks to lose by this much. I wasn't even i I thought the Seahawks could have actually pulled this one out.
1: I really did. I um, I did too. I, I was more worried when Jimmy G came in and with Trey Lance in there.
0: I I'm not gonna lie, you're absolutely right. I was I was way more concerned about that. Um, but the uh, the Seahawks broke out every bit of trickery that they could find but this is something that I had a problem with in this game and it was the worst thing that I I think a lot of us Seahawks fans can agree with so P. Carroll wants to establish the run of course he's always he's always been a big thing about the rush but when you run the ball 14 times that's not establishing the run I mean six carries for Rashad Penny for 15 yards, four carries for Kenneth Walker for 10 yards, two carries for Travis Homer, nine yards, and two carries for Geno Smith for two yards. I mean, that is just that is just awful. That is horrendous. I've never, ever, ever the Seahawks are one of the are last place when it comes to rushing. And this team's identity has always been to run the football well. And you know, I get it. We got a quarterback issue right now. So, the, you know, you definitely want to get the running game going. But the fact that not one little bit of hole, no holes could be could be found for the Seahawks running backs to to get through. And it was so frustrating to watch or to actually listen. I was listening to it and I had to listen to both the Mariners and the Seahawks. And that was very <laughs> difficult for me because. <laughs> I- Because I'm not going to lie. Look, I I work for I deliver packages for Amazon. So here I am with with one headphone in my ear uh, listening to the Seahawks game. I got the Mariners on this radio on the on the on the van radio. So it's very difficult to do this. But by halftime, I was like, yoink, done. I was done with the game. I didn't listen to anything else. But this one, there was only one good positive thing about this. That's Tyler Lockett nine catches for 107 yards. That was it. That was the only positive in this, and I mean, it was. <laughs> this was the ugliest I've ever seen the Seahawks play, and it's and it just sucks so badly to 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 actually have to say that.
1: Yeah. So it, in the off season, all you heard from all the sports analysts and stuff was Pete Carroll's going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And I think uh, watching the games, it almost seems like he thinks about those things and like, oh, we're gonna cut him, catch him off guard, and uh, we're gonna pass more and not run as much. And and same with the hatchback toss pass, whatever. DJ Dallas just oh, threw it into no, double. that was threw it into double coverage oh my goodness it's it's like you're almost overthinking things same with in the Super Bowl I mean, let's run a quick slant instead of just run up the middle with Marshawn Lynch like I think at times Pete and, his, and Shane Waldron now they just are thinking too much and try to like outsmart the opponent instead of just do what should be done you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean it uh don't know what the hell happened I I'm I'm being completely honest I have no clue what in the hell happened in this game because this was again the fact that we were the, the the fact that we had to watch DJ Dallas have to throw a ball I mean good god in heaven I mean that that was absolutely humiliating to watch um I I, I don't I mean I don't even know what to say on that one because it was just it was so humiliating to watch because or excuse me not watch but listen to because you know you always want your team to play well you always want the team to play well you always want the Mariner you always want the Seahawks to, uh, to to possibly get that monkey off their back and actually win a game that they that you know that they can probably win but in this case it was just, oh, it was just, it was terrible. I mean, I've never, ever, I've, I don't think I've ever seen, I think this was really the worst that I've ever seen the Seahawks play out of all, out of all time. I mean, it was, I don't know. I, I, I'm i yeah, lost man. for words. I'm lost for words. I mean, that, that hardly ever happens here. I am, I'm so lost for words. At this game because it was just inexcusable to have to endure, and it was in, and it was just inexcusable to just listen to, just absolutely horrendous.
1: So you did get to see DK's catch.
0: I saw it on the replay. I saw it on the replay. So that was that. You know what? I don't care if it wasn't counted as a catch. That was absolutely insane. That was that catch was absolutely incredible.
1: And then I mean, he fumbled on the next play. Yeah. <laughs> so what's crazy is so after the game, Pete Carroll uh, was talking um, on his post game conference or whatever, and he said we need to get DK more involved and we need to throw it up more to him, etc. Earlier today or yesterday. I think yesterday Gino comes out and is like, I'm not throwing in double coverage, (laughs) which is counterintuitive to what Pete Carroll just said. First of all, second, even last year after uh, that game, Gino threw a touchdown, the deep touch or the long touchdown to DK where he ran 80 yards or 70 yards. And then he caught one in the end zone. DK made the comments that it's nice to have a quarterback that trusts me to go up and get those balls. the ball, right? (laughs) And and I think, which this is something we can have with Drew Locke. Drew Drew Locke will take those risks and throw it down the field. I appreciate Geno Smith being conservative and not wanting to turn over the ball but it's only going to take us so, so far. And I think within a few games, I think it's going to be drew locks time and he's going to let it rip. You know,
0: I'm actually curious about that because I'm, I'm curious of when the Seahawks will make the decision to probably get drew drew lock a chance because, you know, I think there is going to be coming a point in this season where that the, the Seahawks are going to say, okay, you know, Gino's not performing where we want him to perform. Maybe we give the younger kid a chance, but you know, this whole season, I'm not going to lie. It could be a wash. I'm not saying the season's over. That is not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that this season, even if we, you know, even if we were to lose between 12 or 5 or 14 games. There's not really a big negative to it because I mean, look at where the Seahawks are come next draft. They have a bunch of first round picks and the, and, and the big thing is, is that the worse you do, the higher, the draft pick that you can get and not to mention, and, uh, JP Crawford, first of all, stop hitting our goddamn players. Stop hitting our players. J.P. Crawford gets hit. Oh, my God. How many times are Mariner players getting hit? I mean, that's just ridiculous.
1: Did you see? Oh, he put his knee into it. (laughs) He put his knee into it. (laughs) He put his knee. But Uh, anyway, Walter Buck Showalter asked for the uh, ball after uh, his player got hit. Mets player got hit for the 100th time for their whole team yes oh for the God. ball to keep it
0: <laughs> but anyway so again getting back to what I'm saying so th- this upcoming draft for the NFL it is stacked with incredible talent in the quarterback situation Um, one guy I want uh, to there's two guys I want to talk about um, because I think that maybe they're an option next year for the Seahawks Um especially with Michael Penix Jr. For, for for UW playing so well right now. Michael, I, I want to see Michael Penix possibly get into that. He, if, if he was to have a Heisman Trophy year or a Heisman candidate year, which both me and Roman are going to be talking about here in about 40 minutes. Um, You know, Michael Penix right now, he is on the Heisman Watch after, two, after three games. And I don't blame him one bit because... You know, he has absolutely been playing out of his mind. So there's one guy, there, there's one guy, but not to mention Bryce Young. He played for, I think it was in junior high, he played for a team called the Seahawks. I don't know if you yeah. saw that video. Yeah, so maybe it's destiny that Bryce, that, that, that Bryce could probably be a member of the Seahawks next year, but I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the NFL draft class with, with, um, quarterbacks for this year is absolutely stacked and you know the the Seahawks have what the sixth and the ninth pick in the draft right as of right now from the from the Broncos so there could be you know the spot where you draft a quarterback or if you land in the top five for a draft pick or let's say you have the sixth seventh and ninth pick Three out of the three out of four picks. In my opinion, if I'm the Seattle Seahawks and if one of those two quarterbacks, I hardly doubt that I hardly doubt that Michael Penix Jr. might actually be taken that early. But with how good the draft class for the quarterbacks for the quarterback is for this upcoming draft class. With one of those three picks, I think the Seahawks do need to make an investment for their future quarterback because Geno Smith is a really good backup. I don't think Drew Locke is the future. I really don't think that Drew Locke is the future for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't. I think if the Seattle Seahawks are smart, then with the first four picks that they get, because I'm willing to bet, I am willing to bet that the Seahawks will have four top 15 picks. Or excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Three top fifteen picks, uh, because they only have two picks that they got from the from the Broncos, and depending on what their win loss situation, they'll have the third top fifteen pick. But if you know, again, uh, this season is not going to be a big deal if we if we see a lot of the losses. Now, don't get me wrong; it's it's going to be stressful. It's going to be a stressful year for Seahawks fans. Um, But I don't see a problem with maybe rebuilding the team a little bit and if you can land into the top 15 with three picks and get a quarterback i'm fine with it perfectly fine with it
1: yeah i'm totally fine with it and on with this year i'll tell you in years past with russell when we would lose i would be mildly depressed for a few days (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I struggle for a few days. I would tell my wife, do not talk to me. Like, just let me be. And, and now I can almost, like, kind of relax watching the game. I'm not too worried about. Like, if we lose, we lose. We're expected to lose. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely got to go get a quarterback next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, um let me let me go ahead and look at
0: this draft class real quick because I'm curious. Bryce
1: Young, I'm very CBS I'm very draft. curious
0: about this draft class because let's see, NFL. Let, let me see if the mock draft has already come up because I'm curious, very very curious
1: about this. I right. are too early mock draft?
0: Do I don't know. know. I mean, I think going? I don't know. I think they do mock drafts early. Okay, so right
1: here, um, hmm. Yeah, I got it right here. Way too early. Yeah, so right now,
0: they're looking at, they're looking at the Seahawks. They're saying CJ Stroud from Ohio State. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That actually would not be a bad pick for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you get a, you get a guy who's got 4.65 four, speed and a 71% compl- uh, completion. I mean, that ain't bad.
1: But so the thing is, it. is that... All right, so go on, ahead. Which one are you reading
0: it off of? So I'm reading off WalterFootball.com.
1: All right, so Bleacher Report at the okay. number five pick, it has Seahawks picking Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami, QB.
0: Oh, I completely forgot about him. I have even heard of that guy's name recently. I I completely forgot about him. No, he he definitely is on the on the list for for real good quarterbacks. You know, I'm looking. So,
1: I I like Will Levis from Kentucky.
0: You know, I, I, I'm I not going to disagree with that one. I'm not going to disagree at all with that one. So let's look at the, quickly, the 2000 NFL uh, draft, because I want to look at this. Uh, okay, there it is. I'm curious at who is picking, because I'm also curious of where we're going to, where the Seahawks, because I believe, so as it stands right now, the Seahawks currently own... So let's see they own a round two pick they own let's see okay so they own so they own a first round pick in the round so they only have one round pick I thought they had two I could have sworn the Seahawks had two first round picks in the 2023 draft
1: they have their own and then they have Broncos I'm only
0: seeing one, mm. two. Okay, so they have the thirteenth pick. They have the thirteenth pick in the okay, no, so they have they, they have two picks. Okay. So they have the 21st pick and they have the 13th pick. So yeah. right now I'm actually I'm I'm looking at one called Tankathon, which I actually kind of like. It's it's kind of a so right now in the mock draft, um, they have CJ Stroud going third to the t- Tennessee Titans. They have Bryce Young going to... Now, this is a current mock draft of how it sits. Yeah. So, But but I'm not going to say teams. I'm not going to say teams, but they have CJ Stroud going in third. They have Bryce Young going fourth. Let's see, for quarterbacks, let's see. I'm looking at quarterbacks. There's really not a lot of... Those are the only two guys that I see in the first round that they have, which is very interesting. I'm very... That's actually kind of interesting to see that there's only two quarterbacks going into a mock draft that doesn't i don't think that makes any sense to me no, and now when i look
1: man is gonna need one
0: when i look at when i look at uh, cbs they have the seahawks getting the second pick they'll go with cj stroud bryce young goes to the texans let's see is there any other quarterback that gets picked up in this mock draft for CBS. I actually like going with CBS as well because they they do have good analysts there. So I am looking and it does not look like... Wow. Oh, oh, okay. Wait a minute. Okay, you're going to like this one. You're going to fucking love this one. So the 30th pick in the mock draft that CBS has is Michael Penix Jr. going to the... Going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you flipping kidding me? Oh wow. I would have never guessed that. But no. I actually but I do like that CBS is kind of giving uh, Michael Penix Jr. some benefit of the doubt because you know, like I said, you know, the uh, Michael Penix is playing out of his mind as of right now. He is uh, yeah one of the best young quarterbacks in the in America right now in college football and he's doing really well so um let me look up Bleacher Report because I like I like that you brought up Bleacher Report because Bleacher Report always has a really good mock draft no matter what time of year it is so here it is so the okay so here it is so way too early 2023 mock draft all right This is something that I'm very interested to see. So, uh, number one is CJ Stroud going to the Houston Texans. Number two is Bryce Young. Let's see. They got Detroit at number three. So, here we go. Seahawks. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke from uh, Miami, which I don't think would be a bad, bad thing. I don't think getting uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami would be a bad thing. I don't think it would be... A detrimental thing but I but you know if you can get a quarterback out of the top 10 draft I mean why not
1: yeah I almost I almost want a different kind of quarterback than like I I do because life. you
0: know I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of Miami's games I'm slightly impressed with Van Dyke but I'm not overly impressed yeah not overly impressed so if I'm and I'm, and I'm going down the mock draft I want to see if another quarterback gets taken because that's three quarterbacks that gets taken okay so number eight they have will levis from kentucky going to the going to the panthers which i actually like that actually it's not a bad mock draft yeah, six, i can 13, see levis 32. definitely going number nine so uh any other quarterbacks going going down the list I got a quick question for you, man. Is, is is the music a little distracting? My dad hates it because he always watches the podcast. Is, this, oh, is no, music I don't mind it.
1: It's, it's chill. I don't mind
0: it. Thank you very fu- <laughs>
1: Thank you very freaking much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's chill. All right, so the next QB is Anthony Richardson at 21.
0: Okay, nice. Okay, so you found it before I did. So Six are there two. any other quarterbacks that get taken in this? Mo- no, I'm not, I'm not seeing one. I'm going down the list. 24. We got 25. Oh, so 25. We have Seahawks getting edge rusher uh, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, which Notre I Dame. actually like. That would actually be a pretty damn good pick. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, da- my dad just texted me. Says music sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So it looks like there may not be another nope we got no. we have it number 28 we get detroit the the lions will select tanner Mackey uh mackey from stanford Dude. which of course that's who the dogs will be facing this upcoming saturday yay
1: yeah i'm not worried to take all. him
0: out we're gonna take him out <laughs> i have nothing yes, but we confidence
1: we'll so, take him out because is, we're not playing in stanford
0: yeah so that is it for the for the qb draft so that's that's a little interesting but uh so to end real quickly, we need to also talk about this to end this Seahawks talk because we haven't really talked about a lot of the the recap of that game, but I don't think there was much to talk about. I don't think there was I don't think there was much to talk about. So no. this week, let me go ahead and pull this up because I need to make sure that we get this correctly because as of old, we have to we have to bring up the betting lines. We have to bring up the betting lines for uh, our guys and see where they stand. So as it stands right now, the Seahawks uh, currently are a one-point favorite against the Falcons. One-point favorite. And there's an over-under of 42 in this game. Um, I'm not going to lie. So before we get on to the Mariners, I'm going to... I'm not going to take the spread. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that close. You know... Uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe the Seahawks could probably win this game by one point, but I say that they're going to win by three. I think the Seahawks win 17. Four, I think the I think the Seahawks win 17-14. Uh, good bounce back. And I think they're actually going to get the run game going. That's my prediction on this. And the over-under, I'm going to take the under. There, there, there's no way that this that this game is getting 40, 42 points. No way. That's going to be 17-14 Seahawks. Uh, DJ, your picks for this game, the spread, the over, under, and your, in your score prediction, my man.
1: All right. I, I'm going to take the under two. I don't think we're scoring 42 points between Atlanta and Seattle. I'm going to go with. You taking the spread? I think we're, I, I'll take the spread. Okay. Okay. Gonna, so you think yeah. it's going to be a one point game? I, th- I, I can see one, uh, someone missing an extra point and it coming down actually no eh, I think Seattle <laughs> will win it but yeah I'll take the spread I was way off last week
0: yeah we were I think we were all off on that one
1: <laughs> I'm happy all in right. uh, Ohio I can't bet right now
0: okay so but uh, just quick, uh, quick score prediction before we get on to the Mariners my man I, I say 17, 14. I think that's exactly what it's going to be. If not, 16 to 13.
1: Let's see. I'll do, I'll do 16, 15. Okay. I'll take it. With the safety. So he, and here we go. Big dumper. Big dumper. Oh.
0: Big dumper. one nothing. All right. There he is.
1: Big
0: dumper with a blast. Let's freaking go. That is awesome. Mariners lead 1-0 on a Cal Raleigh home run. His, what is it, uh, the 20, uh, fifth? Fourth. 25th? 24th. I was, uh, okay, 24th. I was off by one. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to start things off. 1-0 Mariners. And speaking of, now we finally get on to the Mariners talk. And I'm not going to lie, this past week was Brew tall this yeah. was what i think this was one of the most stressful weeks being a Mariners fan in 2022 i think i i really think it was because you know we go into the game against los angeles we go into a series against oakland and the offense absolutely shat the bed i mean i think I have no idea what the hell happened. I mean, like that's two different times that I've absolutely been speechless about this team because um, first of all, you're playing a triple, you played two AAA teams. Mm -hmm. One AAA team actually had two major leaguers on it. That's all I'll say. But I mean, the, The fact that the Mariners were able to not even muster up runs to get beaten in a series by the Angels, to get beaten in a series by the Oakland Athletics, it was a bad week. Now, right now, now, right now, I'll say this. The Mariners are starting off well against the Royals. They got that home run. The thing about it is, though, I wish the Mariners would stop relying on the home run ball. I, I, because I feel like that's the problem. The Mayors are relying too much on the home run ball right now to, to win them games. But one thing that did come a big old positive in the Oakland series is Jared Kelnick's revenge tour began.
1: <laughs> yes. I
0: mean, two for three. Two for three with a, a big RBI double and a, a huge freaking home run. But this is something I wanted to talk about with you because this is, and as of right now, uh, and Jared Kelnick just grounded out. So this is something I wanted to talk about because it was it, it was talked about. So at the end of the game yesterday, he was interviewed, didn't really crack a smile. And then he gets the Gatorade bath and he absolutely looked beyond pissed off. And I'm just thinking in my head, crack a friggin smile. I mean, it's this is something I've 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 been very adamant about with Jared Kelnick. His attitude. His attitude yep. has been one of the worst that I've ever seen and I've even watched him in in AAA. He had the attitude there. He didn't smile. He didn't really acknowledge the fans. I mean, especially the, the adult fans. He didn't really acknowledge us. He acknowledged the kids. I'll give him that one. At least he acknowledged the kids. But Jared Kelnick's problem is he has a constant stick up his keister. And I don't understand it. Now, I get it. You're 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 frustrated that you were sent down. I get it. Maybe he's also a little jealous of Julio that he got the payday. Because if if you remember, Jared Kelnick turned down a $100 million contract because he bet on himself. But that's nobody's fault but his. But, you know, I think someone made a really cool point on Twitter today. I can't remember who said it. Who, who said it? I, I might be able to look it up. But. They said that he's trying to be a little bit serious because he knows what happened last year during September. It came to an end in a heartbreaking way. And we all remember last year that Jared Kelnick was seen in the dugout. He was in tears. And you tweeted earlier about, you know, how he was during last year during the believe, you know, he was bat flipping. He was excited. He was smiling almost every single day. And the emotion that he showed when he when when the Mariners playoffs the playoff hope came to an end that really showed me that he cared a lot but for him to go out to actually have a very sour attitude on his face and a very sour look especially when his teammates are having fun i'm being honest with you if i actually had a teammate like that i would tell him you know what if you want to act like that, fine. We're done with you. Fuck you. I, I would honestly be like that. I would honestly yeah. not want to be teammates with him.
1: Yeah, and especially with the, the way that the Mariners are. I mean, you saw it when we were, was it the last time we were in Apple and France was messing with Kirby the whole <laughs> the whole interview. Like, they love having, having fun like that. And I don't want, I don't want... You know Kelnick's attitude to like come in and disrupt that at all, and dude, he seems so pissed. And I, it's almost to the point where, like, I don't know if he's just trying to be serious because he's upset or he's like too much in his head of you know how poorly he's played the few times he's been up or or, or what it is, or if that's just his demeanor now. But
0: you know, I, I want to say that. Maybe he's trying to be a little bit too serious, maybe. But I want to Jared. I th- here's the thing. I don't ever wish Jared Kelnick bad luck. I'm I'm not saying that at all. I want Jared Kelnick to have fun. Yep. Baseball is a game. Games are supposed to be fun. And I wish that he would have some fun. That's it.
1: You see Julio. He strikes out. He looks at the big board at the strikeout, and he smiles every time. Yeah. Like, he yeah, you know he's mad, but when we've seen Kelnick play well, he's having fun. He's not in his head about how he's playing. He's just having fun out there, and he plays better when he's doing that. When he's pissed off, I just feel like he's too much in his head. He's worrying too much about... What what other people are saying how he should be playing and whatnot and then it affects him on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, and look at that. Marco Gonzalez with another one two three inning. That's awesome. Another one two three inning from Marco Gonzalez. That doggo meter's um,
1: going up right now. The what? The doggo meter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what? I, I'm liking this Marco I'm liking this uh dog within fr- Uh, with Marco uh, because uh, you know look look, so before I talk about Marco I want to last thing about Kelnick so um, again last year I, I went to a game and I went to a game this year in Tacoma where he was playing and I look in the dugout and the Rainiers were up 10 to 1 you look in the dugout everybody is smiling everybody's smiling everybody's having fun except for one guy except for one guy in the dugout and i'm willing to bet you can guess who that was and jk <laughs> i don't understand what what what's wrong with him i don't understand why he's being so serious because do look do we all take our job seriously oh yeah I'm not gonna lie. I, I I take my job very seriously as an Amazon delivery driver. I take pride in it, but there comes a time where you need to smile and have fun. You be, you'd be surprised of how many times I've I've had so much fun on route. You'd be surprised of how many times Amazon drivers have fun on the road. <laughs> oh yeah, but but no, I mean it's. Jared Kelnick's attitude definitely needs to change. um, Whether it's psychiatric, whether he needs, whether he needs to go to a psychiatrist to probably get some help, I don't know. But Jared Kelnick's demeanor needs to change, and he needs to try to loosen up and have some fun. But getting onto Marco, this is why this is this is wild. Marco Gonzalez has a lot of decisions. I think he's ten and fourteen. I think he's 10 and 14 in it yeah. uh, this season. Let me look. Th- I got it right here. So Marco this year. Yeah, he's 10 and 14 in 30 games. But I think in about half of those games, if not more, he has, nine, he has quality. He has quality. He has quality starts where he goes six innings where he allows three or less runs. And look. Look. Do we all give Marco Gonzalez shit? Yeah, we do. We, we give Marco so much crap, but we also need to understand that if it wasn't for Marco last year, we would not have been that close to the playoffs. And do I think Marco deserved that contract extension? Eh, maybe less money. I think he deserved a contract extent. He's a he's a decent pitcher, I'll say that. But he d- but he does make those mistakes where he leaves those meatball pitches in the in the wrong area and he gives up those home runs. That's all he does. He gives up so many home runs, and it's because he leaves those meatball pitches in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, though, I think when the Mariners do get into the playoffs, because I still I, I still believe it. I still believe the Mariners will. Definitely get into the playoffs. And uh, oh my goodness. And no, no Abraham bashing. No Abraham Toro bashing. He just got a freaking base hit. Dude. <laughs> Dude,
1: he runs like a... He runs like a penguin. <laughs> so, he runs like a penguin. That is exactly it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he, he runs like a... Hey, he
0: I, I say that Jared Kelnick's got a stick up his ass. Toro runs like he's a, pe- a penguin who has a stick up. <laughs> nice it's double. so hilarious how he runs. Uh, one guy, one of the, one of the guys on the Mariners who ran even funnier was Kyle Seeger. I loved watching him run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so but no. Um, Marco and, and Marco really turned around last year after, I mean, he, cause he struggled early. And then after he struggled he in 80. the first half. Yeah after they had the baby and came back and people were giving him death threats and stuff. And that
0: was just, disgusting. I was so, I was beyond disappointed that, that any Mariners fan, I never thought Mariners fans would do that. I oh, never thought that, that would happen.
1: He made that post on, I think Instagram stories or whatever. saying like, uh, I'm basically uh, responding to it. Like, and saying like, you know, that's not okay. Like, cause they were making it to his family too. Like, you know, crazy stuff.
0: You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Look, people can be fans of a team. People can be fan of players. You can go to games. Buying a ticket gives you the right to go have fun. But buying that ticket or being a fan does not give you the right to be a complete asshole. And I think I, I think I actually told you this story when I went to Tampa Bay. I almost got, I almost got into a fight at it, when I went to Tampa Bay. I, t- I finally told my dad about it. I, I thought it was hilarious because I thought he would react so badly towards it. But there was a heckler sitting right behind me in Tampa- in the last game of the Tampa Bay game that I went to. He was harassing, harassing Jesse Winker so bad. And then all of a sudden, I'm wearing the only Griffey jersey in that entire section. He started harassing me. He did that for about four innings. And I was like, I got up. and I'm like, I cannot deal with this no more. I went over to the the third base side for the Mariners. I sat down and in the bottom of the eighth inning, he came over and he started harassing me. And finally it snapped. I snapped. I ripped, I ripped off my Jersey and I only, and I had under my, my Nike uh, like sleeveless, like uh, undershirt or whatever, like those dry fit ones. I ripped off my Jersey. I ran up and I was about to go after him. And a 350 pound dude actually had to grab me like right at the throat. And he had, so- and he had difficulty holding me back. I was, I was beyond yeah. angry, but a Tampa Bay PD officer came down. He told the guy to turn around and the guy wouldn't turn around. So all of a sudden he, tw- the guy, the cop twists his arm, puts him against the side and handcuffs him oh, awesome. <laughs> and the bat. And the funny thing is, is that the whole security team was on my side. Because Oh, nice. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, that was the first time I've ever let a heckler get to me. Yeah. Because I can take I can take people like poking at me and all that stuff, but when you find there comes a time where you actually snap and you've had enough of it. And that was when I had enough of it. <laughs> but you know, again, I don't understand why fans have to do that. I I and I think I bl- I completely blame the pandemic for this because we were we were away from from sports for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And ever since, ever since the pandemic, um, ever since fans were able to return, I've seen more fan fights in the stadium. I've seen fans absolutely say the most disgusting things to players. And it it also happened with Cincinnati with Jake Fraley. They attacked his family there in the stadium. Fraley Fraley was about to come into the stands.
1: Oh yeah, I love Jake.
0: I, I do, too. I, I, I really miss him, but I but I think he finally found his home in Cincinnati. I, and, I'm so and happy Ben
1: Gamble. Ben Gamble. <laughs> he was Gamble
0: stud, is Gamel is a fun guy to talk to. I actually he had, I he is such a fun guy to talk to.
1: I got to um, I got to tell you this real quick. I was in Oakland because uh, I was I'm in the military. I was stationed out in Oakland. I, mm-hmm. I paid like thirty five bucks to sit right behind the dugout. Uh, oh, there you go. Were. And uh, after the he, that game, he got like the game-winning RBI. It wasn't a walk-off or anything, but game-winning RBI. Um, he's running in, and I'm standing where they all go back into the clubhouse, and I'm just screaming like "gamble, gamble!" And I had my hand down there, dude. He jumps up, and gives me a high five, <laughs> walks in. I was like, "Yeah!"
0: So I got a, I got another fun, I got another fun story from Tampa Bay. I thought this was. I, I thought this was nuts and I am and for everybody out there who says I'm making this up. No, I'm not making this up. So the first game with Tampa Bay, I went over to the dugout. I went over by the Mariners dugout while they were having batting practice. I didn't sit in batting practice. I wanted to go over to the Mariners dugout because I saw like you can be there. Julio's about 10 feet away from me and he's talking to someone. I don't want to interrupt him. And finally, when he's done talking, I went like this. I'm like, yo, Julio and he looked at me he's like oh hey how you doing mike now nah. i was like and i'm like did he just remember my name <laughs> he comes over to me and we actually took a selfie i had i still have the selfie yeah and and we were just talking with me and i in the the first thing i said was you remember who i am he's like oh yeah i met you i met you the year that uh you know the pandemic happened i met you uh you know i or no it was a 2019 he's like I met you in nineteen, man. You were you, you've been a, you've been a big fan of mine on Instagram for so long, and the fact that Julio actually remembered me—that is crazy. I think that's I think that's amazing. I, and that shows that just how much he cares
1: about the fans. That's so you know, I, incredible. I I teared up reading that article today.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that was an the incredible thing,
1: article. part that about, was an incredible uh,
0: article by by Sports Illustrated.
1: Uh, the part where. Uh, DePoto had to lay off a bunch of people, and he called DePoto uh, to talk about the one guy that had been there um, at, at spring training, or uh, with the miners with to help Julio and stuff to get, and they ended up setting him up with an apartment and everything. But when I was in Cleveland, so I went down to the field, I was taking video of them warming up and stuff. Bunch of kids were down there and stuff so uh, they were getting fit. they were finishing up warming up and I was like I'll just go back a few rows so I got back a few rows and uh, I was by myself and so he Hulu turned around and I, I just tipped my cap to him and, uh, and I gave a little head nod and he looked at me tossed me the ball so I'm trying to go I have a cast on because I broke my hand <laughs> I'm trying to catch it dude <laughs> I end up going one handed fumble it falls to the ground pick it up but dude, I was so happy that he tossed me the ball. I was that
0: is, that's incredible. Um, so uh, i i just bought t- I just bought a ticket for the doubleheader against the uh, the Tigers. Which, funnily enough, I actually do have a uh, doctor's appointment that day. So, um, a I get an excuse, an actual excuse to miss work. <laughs> but I told my boss I was able to I was able to switch my Tuesday with to get Saturday, so I still have my four days or whatever. But anyway. Um, I want to bring this up because, you know, Julio Rodriguez just went on the ten-day IL with back tightness. You know, I I, I want to kind of put a little bit of this falling on the Mariners because, you know, you you got a guy who you just invested 20, 20 years with, and almost what is it, uh, four hundred and fifty million dollars, in yeah, twenty years too. for four hundred and fifty million dollars. First of all, that's cheap for Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> <Great play laughs> but. For him. But, uh, you know, I I think the Mariners, they need to be very careful with him because we see what's going on with Mike Trout. It's a back injury that's that's lingering him. But he came back and he was absolutely amazing. He's been absolutely amazing since coming back. But with a guy like Julio Rodriguez, who you've invested right now, 14 years with 14 to 20 years and 14 between 250 to $450 million with, you you can't take risks. You just cannot take risks with someone who is that valuable to your team. Now, Julio is expected to come back right as the Tigers get, as that Tigers series comes in, which is perfect, because I would rather have Julio be completely healthy for the last couple games, get ready for the playoffs, clinch the playoffs at home and be ready for October baseball. That is the best. That's the best thing that I could ever hope for. And I said, September 29th, I said, September 29th, mark it down. I don't think it's going to happen that early now, but I think, I think that doubleheader against the Tigers one of those games whether it be the first game or the second game the Mariners will clinch I think that's when the Mariners clinch the playoffs and I'm so excited to be going to this season to this doubleheader first of all the first and probably only doubleheader that I'll ever attend at T-Mobile Park because we have a roof we don't have doubleheaders at this ballpark um but I'm glad that MLB made those games up that they missed because of the because of the uh, the player lockout, which is which is really good. Um but again and uh, oh no. We got runs. We got K- KC runs coming in. Hang on. Oh boy. Please tell me it's only one run.
1: Yeah, it's just one run. Okay, just one burned. run. All right. So we got only. a tie ball game. We got a tie gonna ball game for the ball.
0: Got a tie ball game and uh,
1: yikes! Oh well, Kelnick went to dive and then he held up. I think I think that was a
0: smart decision. I think that was a smart that's decision because sure. if it because if it would have gotten if it would have gotten away from him, uh, that could have been an inside the park home run. Oh yeah. Um, so it is tied one one. So getting back to Jared, getting back to Julio Rodriguez. So yeah, I think that the the timing of his return, you know, coming back for the Tiger series, that's the best option that we could have actually hoped for. Because I don't, I don't want Julio to risk his own his own health and his career just to help this team get into the playoffs. That is not what I want from Julio Rodriguez. I wish Julio. I I know Julio has got a Hall of Fame career within him, but I don't want him to risk his his career just for one playoff berth. That ain't no. I think he I think he's learning that of what his body of what you know the limit that his body has which is good because I think every player needs to learn what their body what their body can do you know if it was uh, up to Julio he would probably play every day um, which is oh no and now we got more runs why
1: the shift Crawford was covering second base
0: God, I, I cannot wait until the shift is gone. I cannot wait until the shift is gone. But uh, but yeah, but so before we get out of here and before we get done with this uh, Mariner segment, I mean, just, I mean, your take on this whole Julio Rodriguez situation.
1: Yeah, I'm glad they put him on the I.O. Because if they didn't, Julio wants to be out there. And you're worried that in a couple of games, he would be like, oh, I, I'm good to go. But this eliminates that. He's on the 10-day IL. Whether he feels good in four days, five days, he's got to stay on the I.O. And so at least you'll be at the stadium when he makes a comeback. And yeah. you can ride it in. And that's going to be good for the city of Seattle closing it out and at home when they can. Orioles are up right now. Uh, Uh, I think the Mariners Mariners
0: magic number is uh, at the end of this game will be eight and hopefully they can get to eight uh, tonight. Hopefully they can win against the uh, I mean, it's
1: I'm not going to lie. It's inexcusable for the Mariners. If Orioles
0: lose. Oh, yeah, they could be at seven. So maybe next week we might actually see them clinch. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean. Right now, the pitching has to be excellent. And like I was saying about Marco Gonzalez, when it comes to the playoffs, he will not be on that starting rotation. He's not gonna be on the starting rotation. I, do, In my opinion, it's gonna be Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. Those are your four starters that you will have in the rotation for the playoffs. Because again, I love Marco Gonzalez. Just don't let him go out there. You, you no. cannot let him. You can't let him go out there for the playoffs, because, you know, do I, again, do I think the Mariners can are, are a dark horse for the World Series? You know, before this this rough road patch, I would say yes. I would say yes that the Mariners are a dark horse for the World Series, but I don't see them now being a dark horse if they can't score runs uh, for their pitching staff. I mean, you you're you're playing. You're playing teams that are that are some of the worst in the american league right now and there's absolutely no excuse for the offense to be this crappy there, there, there's just no excuse at all
1: here throwing air on toro oh no yeah there's no way there's no reason we should be losing these games we should at least take in two two out of three from the angels or two out of two or three out of four from the Angels two out of three from Oakland yeah definitely
0: now one thing in baseball I just saw this uh, Roger Maris was just interviewed on Apple TV I love what he said he said that if that if Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs he's the real home run season champion (laughs)
1: yeah they did a poll on Twitter I saw a poll on Twitter about that yeah, um,
0: I agree. I mean, I don't know. I just I got I got to give it to Barry Bonds. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people don't like that, but yeah. What are you gonna do? But we'll uh, test DJ
1: Aaron judge next week after he gets it.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, DJ. Well, uh, that is gonna be doing it for us with Seahawks and Mariners talk. And I will talk to you next Friday, brother. All
1: right. All right. Later. Go Mariners, brother. Go Mariners.
0: And we welcome in our incredible Huskies co-host, Roman. What's going on, brother? How we doing? How we doing? Well, um, that's the question I was gonna ask. How are you doing, man?
2: Uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, my 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 beloved pup Rocky passed away on Wednesday and he lived a, a really long, great life, and I just couldn't be prouder of him. I'm just I'm really bummed that I lost my best friend.
0: Yeah, and you know what? We're I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm bummed that we are no longer gonna be having his cameo appearances on the podcast. He was, ugh.
2: It was one of the best parts of his week. I can tell you that much. Anything <laughs> where there's a lot of attention around him, he just would eat it up. How old was he, by the way? He was uh, somewhere between eleven and twelve. He was a rescue, so there was never like a a like guaranteed like oh, we know he was born on this date. So he was somewhere between eleven and twelve.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, may he rest in peace. He was a really good dog. And I'm, again, just sad that we will not see his cameos anymore on this podcast, man. But you know what? Good news. Uh, The dogs are ranked. We are number 18 in the country. We defeated the Michigan Spartans 39 to 28, including absolutely a great dominant first half 29 to 8. But I'm I, not gonna lie, the second half was Very, very scary the, the second
2: half was scary, Kalen DeVore admitted That, that was one of the first things he said in his postgame Presser, which I loved And he was like, yeah, that, that wasn't great, could have been better Always love hearing that uh, I I want to say It was even better than the game My bold prediction came true The Dogs Held Michigan State to zero sacks Yes That offensive line is legit
0: it really is. I mean, it's amazing. We were looking at, we were just looking up mock drafts on uh, CBS and they have Michael Penix going uh, 30th to the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah,
2: I I saw that one. I can't necessarily say I'm there yet. I don't, I don't believe he's going to be a first rounder by the end of the year. And it's going to have nothing to do with his play. It's going to have everything to do with his medical history once NFL teams are able to get a closer look at him. And they're going to say, wow, you're a really talented guy. But we don't want to invest that 50 year option in you, and we don't want to use a first-round pick on you. But I, I have a very strong feeling that he will be going on day two of the NFL draft in the twenty twenty-four. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm willing to bet that he is definitely going to be between a second and third round pick. And That's, I kind of, I kind of hope that he falls to the to the Seahawks. I really kind of, I really want Michael Penix here in Seattle. I really want him to stay, but. Let's talk about this, man. Um, The player of the game, of course, Michael Penix Jr., 24 for 40, 397 yards, four touchdowns. But can we talk about the breakout game for Jalen Polk? Oh, Jalen Polk is awesome, Six catches for 153 yards and a hat trick, three touchdowns. Jalen McMillan, seven catches, 94 yards. Rome, uh, Rome Annunziere. Three catches, 48 yards. Wayne Tulapapa, two catches, 31 yards. Jack Westover, one catch, 27 yards. And Devin Culp, two catches, 21 yards. Giles Jackson had one catch, 10 yards. Cameron Davis, one catch, eight yards. And Todd Davis, one catch for five yards. But I mean, what an absolute dominating performance by the Washington Huskies on Montlake in prime time. And we're ranked. It, it really
2: doesn't get better than just the performance they put together. And it's something that I, I really love what Kalen DeBoer did, especially on the on the offensive side of the ball, was they kind of showed, like, we're not afraid of anybody. We're not – and even when they got up big, like, they weren't – they didn't take their foot off the gas. Like, Michigan State put together some really great drives for a couple of those touchdowns, and that's going to happen. Even even a couple of their touchdowns, I got to admit, were kind of lucky. Like, the both of the first two – came on spectacular catches. The second one probably could have been picked off based on Turner turnovers in the game. Um, but there were just a lot of things that the Huskies did on both sides of the football that showed that not only is this not a Jimmy Lake team anymore, which we already knew going into the game, <laughs> but this is not a Chris Peterson team anymore because Chris Peterson would have gotten up 21 nothing. Let's say they, they go 22-0 about that same score. He would have taken us foot off the gas. He would have been like, "Yeah, nope, he we're really go would have." We're going to run the ball. We're going to control the clock, and that's how we're going to win this game. And Kalen DeBoer said, "No, that's that's not how we play football. Because they might score, so we have to keep scoring, and that's the way it should be." And it was yeah. beautiful.
0: It really was. I mean, this was this was perhaps one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen Husky football. At, I, I think this was Husky football at its greatest because, I mean. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was absolutely blown away, by, blown away by this performance, um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that that was Rocky's last game. I'm glad. I, 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 I know, I know, I shouldn't be bringing that up, but I'm glad that was Rocky's last game because that was a, that was definitely a game to remember by. Because, I mean, first of all, for the Huskies to come out and not, they didn't just, they didn't just pop. Michigan State in the mouth. They absolutely they hit him so hard that every single one of the dentists that works on those players' teeth felt every hit. I mean, it was absolutely an incredibly dominant performance. And you're absolutely right with Kalen DeBoer; he did not take his foot off that gas. With Chris Peterson, it would have been foot off the gas. We're done. We're done playing uh, seriously. We're going to play more conservatively. It's like. You know, if if they would have been fifty-six, nothing, I could have understand taking your foot off the gas. But I don't even think Kalen DeBoer would have taken his foot off the gas then. He he showed that
2: he didn't really do it against uh, Kent State or Portland State.
0: Yeah, and and this is this is why I love this is why I love Kalen DeBoer because of course there was a video after it after the game. He's like, so how about them dogs? I mean, beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, just. Absolutely. Shout out to the guy who
2: stepped on my foot when the, all the students rushed the field too. That hurt.
0: <laughs> you know that was an that was even better. That was one of the biggest highlights of the night. Is that the student section was able to rush the field. It hasn't happened since the upset of USC.
2: So uh, I was standing right there, and it was really funny because the uh, the coaching staff or excuse me, not the coach staff, security staff. There were like three or four security members. Uh, one or two of them were Washington State troopers. And the students were just yelling at them, hey, we're coming. What are you going to do? And they were just like, <laughs> they just kind of shrugged. Go, what, what are we going to do? Like, there, there's a hundred of you and four of us.
0: Like, yeah, we, just let them go. We're,
2: we can't stop you. It was, it was really funny.
0: I mean... It... I think I think that wasn't even I think that's such a great feeling for those kids because again uh, schools now officially in session for for the University of Washington and the student section so the student section turned out for that game I was so oh, yeah. proud of the fans and this upcoming and now we have this upcoming game against the Stanford Cardinal and this is I'm not gonna lie so I actually well before we get into this I wanna I wanna kind of bring this up I wanna bring this up because I was very disappointed I was very disappointed in the rankings, because I think Wazoo should have been in the top 25. I was a little upset at that. I was, I was a little upset that Wazoo was not in the top 25. I get what
2: you're saying, but at the same point, this is just kind of, I, I, I like to call it karma, Not not that, you know, <laughs> I mean, Wazoo just like talks, talks their shit. They do what they do. <laughs> but this is, this has been what UW fans experience in the heart of the Chris Peterson era. Every single week. It was like, well, hold on. The Huskies are definitely better than that team. Better than that team. Better than that team. Better than that team. team." Like, oh, well, you know, they played their game at 630 on last Saturday. Nobody watched it on the East Coast. That's what it feels like. Sucks to be you. Sorry, I don't care.
0: (laughs) I love it. I Absolutely absolutely love it. But I'm not going to lie, I'm actually very interested in this upcoming game uh, with Oregon and Wazoo because Ooh, that's I don't be know, fun. I don't know, I I kind of see Wazoo maybe pulling off the upset in this one. They I, I, absolutely I, have some, a shot at it. Yeah, and because, you know, I'm not going to lie, the Pac-12 is actually really good this year. You, you got USC who's in the top 10, you got Oregon, Wazoo, um, UC, Utah. Utah, yeah. And of course, Dub. I mean, it's I think that I think this might be actually be the year that uh, people can actually take the Pac-12 seriously. But I don't. Th- but unfortunately, because of Oregon's fuck up against uh, Georgia, I don't know.
2: Eh. Are, I mean, it, be- it, people it, are going to give them way more credit than they deserve for beating uh, BYU. Yeah. BYU always gets ranked weirdly high for no real reason. I don't get it. But people are going to give them a lot of credit for beating BYU because they were number twelve. They're going to exactly. play a close game against Wazoo this weekend. They're going to lose a couple of games that they shouldn't over the course of conference play, and Oregon is just going to be what they are because this coaching staff is not like their coaching staff down there is not good. I I don't I don't care. They're good at recruiting, and that's it. That's all I can do.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so this uh this upcoming game against the Cardinals is going to be interesting. This it, I guess this is supposed to be uh what is, what are people calling it uh, the I can I, I cannot remember. I, I think it's uh, the what the. I uh, Man, I can't even remember what the hell. The, what they hell they called that type of game. But, um, no. I mean, the fact that you know UW's got another chance to to put on a performance against a good a good quality team. I consider this Stanford a good quality team right now. Stanford's um, a good
2: team, and to UW's benefit, they will be without their starting running back and their starting right tackle. Which wow. always sucks to not, not beat a team at full strength. Uh, not saying Edom's gonna win because I don't do that. I can't predict anything ever because then I, I will always be wrong. Uh, but it's always if I, I, I always hear people saying like, oh it's, it's it, it, you know, is it the same when you don't play a team at full strength? Eh, I mean that's football. That's what it is. You have to have depth, you have to know what what happens when injuries come up and you have to have good coaching because good coaching can mask injuries like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, this one, this game feels like it's, it's going to be a really good one, just like just past, just this past week against Stanford. I'm looking right now at the betting line for, on, over on DraftKings. So right now, this game has Dub favored by 13 and a half. Interesting. I mean, wow. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I wasn't expecting that. I'm not. I was not expecting the the that UW favored by 13 and a half. The over under in this game is 62. I actually might actually take. Oh, I, that's. I want to not take the over. I want to not take the over on this one.
2: I see the the thing is, what UW showed against Michigan State is that if they want to put up 40, they can put up 40. Mm-hmm. So then it's really just a matter of, will Stanford put up 20,
0: which exactly.
2: I, so they've got a really good quarterback in Tanner McKee. He's mm-hmm. probably going to be a first round pick, super talented dude. So, and from, from some of the things that we know about UW secondary, we know Lisa Turner is not going to play tomorrow. Um, Jordan Perryman is going to be questionable going into the game. It sounds, uh, I, I. I, 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 I definitely prefer they be safe with him. He's a really good player. He, that injury he suffered in the Kent State game was really scary. And it was just yeah, good to know that it, he it was, was... The fact that he was out there in full uniform warming up last week was a really good sign. So the questions are going to be on the defensive side of the football.
0: So here's another question that, I, that I'm that i very curious about. Jason Kirkland. Jackson. Or Jackson, excuse me. Jackson Kirkland. Do we see him in uniform this week? It sounds like this
2: might be the week from from everything I've been told from people that i talk to. I don't know if that's the best thing because Troy Taotano at left tackle was playing at an all-conference level. Mm-hmm. And I mean, worst case scenario, I know Nate Califo's been having trouble with his knee at left guard. You slide Troy into guard where he'd be probably the best player at that position in the country. And you put Jackson back at left tackle. But the issues with Kirkland is he was definitely overweight coming out of fall camp because of the injury uh weighing in 340 pounds at left tackle on a bad ankle is never a good thing no so that's really concerning um but on the other hand like i understand why people are gonna say no you have to play him you have to play him uh because he's an all-conference tackle he's a really good player and before his injury he was probably gonna be a first-round pick last year just just how it works. I get it. But personally, I don't necessarily know if that's the best move for this team. But with that being said, I from everything I'm hearing, I want to say that tomorrow is the day we see him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So here's a here's a quick question for you, man. So, I mean, this is so we've seen the, that, the, that the Huskies can run the ball really efficiently. Do you think that this is the week that we see a guy uh, actually run the ball for more than 100 yards? Because I don't know. I mean, I feel like Michael Penix is probably going to take this game over like he did against the Spartans. Um, That's
2: that's a good question. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like Michael Penix Jr. with uh, what he did against Michigan, I feel like now he is the guy that um, the Huskies are going to rely on. They're not going to rely too much on the running because I feel like with how accurate he is, um, with how accurate he is from uh, you know, throwing the ball deep. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I I feel like that the that that Deboer wants to go with that deep passing. That he wants to go with that passing formation. He wants to keep throwing the ball. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I still think that the that the running game is good. Don't get me wrong. I the think running the running game, game
2: is, is definitely excellent. What-
0: it is excellent
2: so the, the the big thing about this offense is they're going to take what the defense gives them if mm-hmm. the defense says we're going to drop eight in the coverage on every play you're going to beat us running the football i think he's going to say okay we're going to allow him to run the football we know how to do that and if the defense is going to crowd the line of scrimmage and they're saying all right we're going to dare you to throw the football he's going to throw the football he's already shown that he's going to do that um but that that's thats one of the great things about Kalen DeBoer is he's shown that he'll pass to set up the run. He's shown that he, he hasn't really shown a lot that he'll run to set up the pass, but just from everything that it's very easy to understand just by watching him, but that's something that he'll do. So yeah. on the offensive side, I, I really don't have any questions ever when it, after three weeks, which is insane to say. I, I will not question that man's thought process at all. So if he no. decides that one person is going to get thirty <laughs> carries, it's it's insane that I'm saying that. Uh, it really is. I never thought that I would ever say that, especially after the way last season went.
0: I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it, Kalen DeBoer has truly trans- transformed this uh, this University of Washington Husky program. And I don't know. I think he's different. I, I, he's definitely different than Chris Peterson, I, which I love because you know I feel like he is just the father the father figure that these kids need other than their other dads but it's just you know there's so they're the much, real dads there's so much love that the coaches have for these kids and I believe that's what's really truly been missing from the Peterson and the Jake in the Jimmy Lake areas
2: Chris Peterson was definitely one of those people don't get me wrong um the it's not I wouldn't say it's so much that it's the attention to detail one of the things that Kalen DeBoer has shown, is like, because I've, I've talked to a million kids uh, in, the, in the recruiting world about where they go. And, like, yes, they've said some very, very, very special things from Kalen DeBoer that stand out. And you hear it when they say it. But if you ever read, like, recruiting interviews with kids who are talking, let's say they're going to USC or they're going, like, when it was under Clay Hilton, or they're going to uh, just whatever program you you name it, they're going to say, "Wow, that coaching staff really makes me feel like part of the family." But the thing that sets Kalen DeBoer apart, and Chris Peterson absolutely did that. Like, go go check out one of the most like amazing things Chris Peterson ever did. It's this is 2019 recruiting weekend happened in December where they closed on a player by the name of Layetu Latu who plays at UCLA now due to an injury. Amazing player. Where they brought in so many different um, kids that had already committed, uh, players, coaches. They brought in everybody under the sun to help close a couple of key players that weekend. He did all these same things that de DeBoer is doing. Excuse me. One of the things that de DeBoer is doing, though, that Chris Peterson didn't do is de DeBoer has shown that he is going to run a playbook based in this decade of football. That is not something Chris Peterson did. And that's something that kids like. Kids love to see, oh wow, this is what you're doing on offense? Yeah, that's something I want to be a part of. Oh, this is what you're doing on defense? That's what I want to be a part of. Pete was an amazing coach and an even more amazing person. Chris Peterson was one of the greatest people to ever walk on this earth. That's just how good of a person he is. But, What Kalen DeBoer is doing that is so different and what is making him so attractive to kids in this world outside of just like talking the talk and then walking the walk is this is schematically what we're going to do because Chris Peterson knew how to coach guys and develop them and get them to the NFL and that's what Kalen DeBoer is going to do too. But his scheme and the way he's doing it is in a different, far more attractive way. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, yeah, this this program desperately needed after what Jimmy Lake was doing.
0: <laughs> couldn't disagree. I, I I could I could not agree, or excuse me, I couldn't agree more. Um, so real quickly, we're gonna go ahead and give our bold prediction. Well, Roman's gonna give his bold prediction for this week. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and give my take on this week. Ooh, but... You
2: go first. I have two that I'm deciding between, and I I, I wanna pick one. Okay.
0: okay. So if I'm on the betting line, I'm not going to take, I'm not taking the spread. I'm not, I am not going to take the spread at 13 and a half. I don't think the Huskies are going to win by that much. I don't think, uh, I think the Huskies are going to win. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're going to be winning by 13 and a half. Um, This game is going to come down to a defensive stop by the Huskies in a big way. And the Huskies are going to be able to run the clock out uh, in an efficient manner. So I'm saying that this game is a thirty-four, a thirty-four to twenty to twenty-four victory. Okay, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a ten-point win. Um, but I'm also going I'm also saying this. I think Tulapapa is going to go off for hundred and ten yards. Okay. I think he's gonna go off for hundred and ten yards, and we are going to we're going to see a really good run game from this, uh, from this one. And, uh, yeah, I think that, I think the mayor's, are gonna, I are, excuse me. I think the, the Huskies are going to win this one. Like I said, 34 to 24. And, uh, yes, that's my prediction for this week.
2: I like it. I, as, as for anyone who's listening that, that, that doesn't know, I, I don't do predictions. <laughs> uh, I have done them like three times in my life and I got them wrong horribly. Every single time. One of them being the Montana game last year. Oh God. Ugh. But you know we, we don't we don't talk about that we don't talk about the past we talk about the Kalen DeBoer era. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction this week is that Zion Tupouola Fatui is going to have his quote unquote breakout game for the season, and he's going to have multiple sacks this weekend. Of oh, Tanner McKee, I and love I, it. He's 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 going to show the country that hey I'm still here don't don't forget about me
0: and I yeah. can't wait for that. I can't wait neither. Uh, do you have another bold prediction or is that it?
2: Uh, do I want to put the other one out there?
0: Do you uh, want to get greedy?
2: No, because I don't want to be wrong.
0: Okay. I'm. All right. I'm Fair one enough. Out for Fair three enough. Three so I will say this, though. So today I actually went and pre-ordered a PG8, PGA Tour 2K23. So I can't wait for that. And the only there's only one bad thing. I need to actually buy an Xbox Series X.
2: Did
0: you order the wrong version? Huh? Did you no, I didn't. No, version? I didn't order the wrong. I didn't order the wrong version. I ordered the Series X, but I don't uh, have a Series X.
2: Gotcha.
0: But uh, yes, yeah, so that's actually going to do it for me and Roman. Roman, I will talk to you uh, next Friday, man. Hopefully we are talking about the 4-0 and possibly top 15 Washington Washington Huskies.
2: Sounds great. See you then.
0: All right, man. Hey, and like I said, man, uh, I'm going to keep checking in with you, man. I want to make sure you're doing good because, uh, again, care for you, man. Love you. Li- love you like a brother. You are family. And again, I'm, I'm 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 beyond sorry for this loss because, again, you know, your dog was basically my dog. He was he was the Seattle Sports Diaries dog and we loved him. And again, man, I love you like a brother. And again, I'm going to make sure you're doing okay. All right, man.
2: I really appreciate it, man. That means the world to me.
0: No, of course, man. Of course, man. Again, your family, your family, man. Really appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Talk to you next Friday, brother. Talk to you then. Go dogs. Go dogs. That is going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. Uh, Be sure. Oh, by the way, we actually just released two episodes of BS Commentaries today. We did uh, Monsters, Inc., and we did Red vs. Blue Season 4. We're going to be doing Red vs. Blue season five next week with K Hart and I, um, and then in two weeks, me and Anika, we are back doing Homer Bound. I got to pick the movie, so I'm very excited about that. But uh, by the way, guys, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe. And also, guys, uh, have a good morning, have a good morning, noon, or night wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast. Go Mariners, and we love you. Yes.